Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out podcast. This is our very first Patreon exclusive episode, Game of Thrones episode recap, season 8, episode 1. I am your host, Pale, with my lovely wife, Kayla. Stay tuned after the recap as I will be debuting my beer and food pairing, Pale's Pairings. Welcome to the episode. This is our very first Patreon episode. If you're hearing this, you paid. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. We are always thinking of content to give to you, so we really hope that you find your money's worth. Um, it's super cheap. You know, like a lot of videos will just be a dollar a month. Um, I, that's not too much to ask, I don't think, but we will. Uh, continue to add more content on the higher tiers so we are talking about game of thrones that aired on sunday episode one season eight the final season's here took forever to get here it really did we were on like a what i mean, how many months were we laid off like well there wasn't a season last year no so it's at least Since 2000 spring 2017 yeah i would say at summer. least tw- 20 to 24 months Mm -hmm. we were without game of thrones yep and it was awful yes left us hanging for so long yep so now this uh is going to be a shorter season six episodes they're going to do like 90 minute episodes like the first couple weeks and then it's going to get to like an hour and a half where they really put 90 minutes is an hour and a half 90 minutes is an hour. Did I say 90 minutes the first yeah, time? Yeah, so okay, sorry. the first few episodes are only like an hour, and then it'll be like an hour and a half towards yeah. the end. Okay, so let's do, let's jump into it, okay? So we're going to recap just you know some points that happened. Um, Daenerys and Jon return back to Winterfell. Yep. Like It's kind of like reminiscent of season one when the Lannisters or... Not the Lannisters, but... Robert Baratheon. Yes, and they come into Winterfell. They come into Winterfell. To see Ned Stark. It's kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to see because Arya is now, she was the little girl in the beginning, so excited to see the king and the queen come. And now she's an adult and there's another little boy climbing up the wagon to see the king and queen, if you will, come into Winterfell. It was kind of, it's kind of like flashback sort of. Yeah. They paid a homage to the first season, episode one, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. That they're kind of like tying it together. You know, it's kind of like coming full circle. Yeah. Everybody's so grown up now. So it was really cool to see. Yeah, it's hard to almost remember how little she was when this whole season or this whole series started. And now she's a killer, basically. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> it's just, it's come full circle almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Sansa is not fond of Danny and does not trust her. I think she's concerned because John is so quickly to just bend the knee and be like, okay, you're the queen and I'll just give up my throne and my crown and whatever. Right. And I feel like Sansa has been through so much. It's hard for her just to be like, I fought all the way through all that to just give up and give her everything. So 
But she also doesn't know her yet and doesn't know what she's about. Right. And her father, Danny's father, was the Mad King. Right. So knowing that, it's like, okay, what kind of queen are you going to be? You know, are you going to be like him or are you going to be like a lot better than him? Right. And I think Jon Snow tries to tell her that, that she's, Danny is different than her father. She's not the same ruler that he was and she'll be better at it. Right. And the two dragons are like super intimidating, I'm sure, too. Oh, not even just the dragons, her whole army and her people. And mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to take in at a time. Right. The houses aligned with House Stark are a bit uncertain. Well, because when John left, he was the king. He's the king yeah, of the north. He was the king of the north. And they are aligned with the king of the north. And then he left. And when he came back, now he's saying, I don't need to be the king of the north because we have the queen. She's going to be the queen. And they're like, whoa, whoa. We agree to be with you, not her. So what are you? Right. Yeah, I totally understand their uncertainty. You know, we're, we pledge our allegiance to you. And then in return, you pledge allegiance to somebody else. And now you're telling us that we have to follow her lead and we don't even know this person and we actually probably don't even have heard, probably haven't heard good things about her. Well, hopefully they just learn to trust him or continue to trust him and know that he's trying to make the best decisions for everybody, not just himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to have to, um, yeah, when they're trusting mm-hmm. John and Arya embrace with joy and comfort. And John also sees Bran for the first time in forever. It was super sweet to see them all reunited again. Because I don't think they've been together since season one. No, right, yeah. I mean, Bran has been so off doing his thing with like the wildlings and... Becoming the three-eyed raven. Be- yeah, turning into somebody totally different than what he was when he was back at Winterfell. And then Arya, I mean, she's been through hell and back yeah some of that hell she created on her own because she wanted to be able to knock down these people on her list but it was nice to see that after all this time they still care about each other because they're family no matter what except Bran becoming this three-eyed raven he don't really have a lot of emotion or feeling it's just like he's like this is what i am now so it it's a little blah with him, and so they're trying to understand him yet. Yeah, it's like he's not even a human being anymore. He don't really he just, have. He's just a he's something like a I'm, shell of what he used to be, sort of. And Arya never really like went with the flow with anything. Oh no, because little girls are supposed to be ladies and dresses and all that, and she never wanted to do that. She wanted to fight. Yeah. She wanted to be a knight and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Arya sees Gendry and asks him to make a weapon. This is her romantic interest. Mm-hmm. So maybe we need to explain who... So Gendry Baratheon yeah. is was Robert's bastard child. Right. He's a blacksmith. He worked in King's Landing, mm-hmm. making all the armies their swords and shields. And in the first couple, or not first season, the second and third season, they travel together and they're kind of... Him and Arya travel together and they're kind of, they become close and become friends. And so, and it's almost like they kind of have a little crush on each other now because they're like all grown up and it's, it's different. He, I think he's starting to see her in a different light, not just 
little Arya Stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Sam learns that his father and brother were executed by Daenerys. Oh, he was devastated. He, I did not expect him to break down and cry like that because it just he never felt accepted by his father. I think. But he tried like so hard to make him proud and it just. I think that's part of it. He never gained their respect or make them proud. And now he'll never have the chance to. Right. And he's trying to make something of himself by becoming a meister and all that. So I think no matter how much you hate your family or you disagree, they're still your family. So it's always going to hurt when they're not around. Right. Yeah. I think it, in the back of Sam's mind, he was hoping one day he would, he could like hear his father say, I'm proud of you, Sam. Right. You know, everything that you've done, all the studying you've done and that you saved that man's life with a grayscale and all that. And now it's, he'll never have that chance. He'll never have that acceptance. Well, it's too bad. It's, mm-hmm. Dad and his brother are dumbasses. <laughs> right. They should have bent the knee. Should right. bent the freaking knee. Well, maybe the dragon wouldn't have fucking blown him up. <laughs> right. Part of my language. Bran asked Sam to share the big news with Jon Snow about his origin. Well, that was a big bomb. That was a big bomb at the towards the end of the episode. We haven't really talked about that because we haven't really got to that part of the seasons yet, but... If you're listening to this, this will be spoiler alerts and all that. So, technically, John is a Targaryen. Yep. Because Daenerys' brother, Rhaegar, and John's aunt, Lyanna, right? Lyanna? That, that's John's mom, Lyanna Stark. Oh, his mom. Excuse me. You're right. And then Danny's brother, Rhaegar, Targaryen. Ha- they, they got secretly they married. Yeah. They got secretly married. So he's not a bastard. They they were married. They were yep. And they had John. So technically, he's the heir to the seven thrones. Mm-hmm. So John was like, he was first. He was pissed because he's like, you're telling me that my father Ned Stark has been lying to me this whole time. Yeah, so I he think was he was a little hurt. Part. Yeah, and I it's kind of in the air of what's going to happen with that. Like, is he going to tell Daenerys, hey, guess what? Really, I'm in charge, not you. It really creates conflict because. Daenerys, that's her goal, is to sit on the Iron Throne. She wants to, like, take over what her family had. And and she's in... I feel like she's in love with Jon Snow already. Oh, and, there's, and vice versa. If they're not in love yet, they're on their way. So, if you're following any of what we just said... So, basically, Daenerys is Jon's aunt. Yeah. And it's super gross that they're having they're having sex. It's really gross. But but they don't know it. Well, John knows now. But before they didn't know it, and they were getting it on. And you're like, gross. Do you expect any less of this show? No. (laughs) That's incest has not really been like a big deal to them. Because Cersei's having her brother's baby, so right again for the fourth time. Yeah, it's gross. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I have some theories or some predictions for the end of like the season. I'm like what I think will happen, but we can talk about that later. As we get closer. Yeah. Cersei gives Euron exactly what he wants. So Euron is Euron the king of the Iron Throne. Or not the Iron Thrones, excuse me. The Iron Islands. Right. He is the uncle to Theon and Yara. Greyjoys. Y- Greyjoys. And, and basically it's... Euron just wanted to sleep with the queen. Right. And so and he, to make him happy and to keep the fleet that she needs on the 
in the ships, she sleeps with him. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment after they slept together about, I'm going to put a son in your belly or something like that. Put a prince. A prince in, in your, your belly. belly. And she's already pregnant with Jamie, her brother's child. So I feel like that's going to come back to play. Like she's going to use that and make him believe that it's his child for some weird reason. Because it's frowned upon, you know, that brothers and sisters have babies together. Right. As it should be. Yeah. Jamie sneaks into Winterfell. Bran is watching him the entire time. So in season seven, that last episode, Cersei was like threatening to kill Jamie because Cersei's, you know, is still playing this like game with her enemies. And Jamie just wants to fight for his life. He wants to fight for, you know, the living. Right. You know, he wants to destroy the dead fight for living and she's got this whole like plan in the back of her head and he's not following along he's not he's not cool with this well he's wanting her to keep her word and she's not yeah and he's like we promised to help and he said what's the point of keeping a war going if we don't have anything to fight there's no if we're dead it's not gonna matter right so there is no iron throne unless we stick together mm-hmm. and fight the night king and his army and as he had left, it was starting to snow in King's Landing. So winter is coming to them as well. So it won't be long before they'll be there at her doorstep. So he snuck off to be at Winterfell to fight the fight because he believes that that's where he should be. Right. So it's kind it of just... endearing to see him so humble and so a changed person. He has really like come a long way. His character's almost turned around because you really hated him in the first few seasons. And oh, now God, you're like, yes. really? He's not that bad. But he's, he's been through so much shit. And his, right. He's got perspective. Right. Now. I think some and of that. Cersei is still. He's seeing the big picture, not just bitch. self-interest anymore. Right. Theon saves his sister, says he wants to fight with the Starks. Oh, Theon. He always comes in at the last second, doesn't he, to save the day? Yep. Actually, hey. this is probably one of the only few times that he's actually taken action in. But he's starting to gain some more of his confidence back because after being with Ramsey in a previous season and they beat him down and tortured him, which is gross, he became less than a man, like less than a person. So to see him get confidence back and try and kill some people and save his sister from his uncle was pretty cool. Right, yeah. He was at like the lowest of lows for like any man. I mean, his dick and balls were cut off and beaten to hell and... And now, yeah, it's nice to see him finally, like, get some confidence back and kind of see what's important and and uh, wanting to go and, you know, get his sister back. But they felt like they brushed over that pretty quickly. So, yeah. you know, maybe we'll see a little bit more later on, like, between, oh, like, sure Theon that... and Yara. Oh, I'm sure. I feel like Yara is always going to come back to fight the fight. Like, she's supposed to... Go back and protect the Iron Islands because that's will be safe because they can't go to the water, basically. Right. But I feel like she'll come back to help her brother. Yeah. I mean, I think she'll go away for like a couple episodes. But like when that great war starts to like ramp up, she'll be there ready to fight. John and Danny have a joy ride with the dragons. Oh, yeah. John gets on a dragon and starts to fly. It's kind of interesting, but it kind of tells you 
So with him being a Targaryen, how he can have a connection with the dragons that only Daenerys has been able to have because he has that dragon blood in him. Right. So it was kind of weird. It was kind of silly that they were like, oh, let's go for a joy fly. And they fly around the island and right. end up at this waterfall and they are in love and they make out and whatever. And you're like, okay, dokie. Yeah, it was like all like soft and like squishy. Yeah, it was like... kind of weird because neither one of them are really soft people and they kind of, I think we're trying to show a different side of both of them. Uh, yeah, I think they were trying. Yeah, like what you said, they were trying to show a different side and they were just kind of letting their guard down. Just being kind of relaxed and having like a good time with each other. I mean, obviously, like madly in love. I feel like, and so yeah. Um, the dragons are not eating enough. You said you didn't remember. I must say, didn't catch. That it was part. a really small part. It was either one of the unsullied or the uh, um the other army of hers. Uh drawing a blank on mm. Dothraki. Oh, the Dothraki. Yeah, said that, hey, the dragons aren't eating. Um, there's just not, you know, enough up, up here. And then she's like, she tells John, yeah, they don't really like the north up here. It's, there's not like much to eat. Like there is like down south. Mm -hmm. And uh, my last point I have is the Night King leaves behind a message for the men of the Night's Watch. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, that was. I did you understand like what that? I don't was really know all? what the message was, or I don't even know who the the. So what they did was they had nailed basically a. Was it a child? It was a. It child. was a child that looked like had been turned into turned into a walker. A walker and nailed it to the wall, and then they had like a spiral. They had a bunch of limbs, like arms and legs, arms and legs that kind of like created into a spiral, a spiral around it. And so I don't know. I that was just like a warning, like we've been here and we're on our way. Or I think that's what it meant. It's like, you know, we're here and we're not slowing down. Right. We're not stopping. And yeah, I think it was what it was basically, and it was a really creepy and scary. Yeah, it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So not a lot of action in this first episode, but next, next, uh, next week there'll be, it looks like there's going to be some more action. So maybe we'll have some more interesting things to talk about. This mm -hmm. is just kind of setting up the season and kind of remembering some of the stuff from last season so that you can be prepared because there's going to be some big stuff happening. It does it look from the preview of next week's episode. It looks like. You know, yeah, we got some action going on. Looks like they're trying to like defend Winterfell or, or something against something. So yeah, it should be a more interesting episode. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. Should be a great season. I hope yep. you guys continue to listen so we can recap you every week on these new episodes. Yeah, this will be fun. You don't want to miss this. All right, thanks for listening. Good talking to you. Good talking. Thanks we'll, for having uh, me. Yeah, we'll talk next week, okay? Alrighty. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to our episode one recap. After the break will be Pale's Pairings. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. 
If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. Do you like what Drink In Geek Out is providing? Do you want more? Do you like video games, Game of Thrones, comedies like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec, and The Office? Well, so do we. However, sometimes these things just don't fit in with our current show format, but we still want to provide this to you. Just to provide you with an update, we do have five tiers on our Patreon with all nerdy stuff to provide you. You can become a super geek and receive a bonus episode every month. You become a mega geek, and we can pick a topic for a future show. You can become an uber geek, and we can do a show tailored around you. The perks go on and on, and will continue to grow. So go on down to patreon.com slash drinkingeekout for more information. And now, back to the show. All right, for my Pales Pairing beer, we have Evil Twin, Heretic Brewing Company. Uh, Heretic Brewing is out of Fairfield, California. This is a red IPA, 6.8% ABV, 45 IBUs. Uh, the can is black with white and red letters. There looks to be some kind of demon um, behind the, the Heretic logo. Um, the eyes are red. It's kind of a gray outline devil with a beard. Um pretty simple can pretty neat artwork on the uh, back of the can says looking for something other than your typical ipa this blood red ale has a rich malt character without being overly sweet it has a huge hop character without being overly bitter it is a bold rich balanced craft beer our evil twin is only bad because it is too good to resist don't follow the crowd. Be a heretic and drink responsibly. You can go to uh, www.hereticbrewing.com. See more of their beers that they have to offer. So I poured this into like a pint-sized glass. Nothing fancy. It's super dark. Red. Dark red. Maybe some brown coloristics to it. Um, it's very cloudy. I can't see through it. I've been tasting it a little bit. Definitely very rich, malty, some bready notes. Um, there's a little bit of hop character to it. Um, it's really not a bad beer. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, it definitely is mostly smooth. There's like a little bit of sweetness on the back end. I don't know. It's like, it's really neat. It's you know, it's mostly malty and bready up front. And then like right at the end there, it kind of gets like, like fruity, maybe citrusy, like at the very end. Um, it's really kind of pleasant. Um, I, yeah, I, I like this one. So the, uh, geek SRM I have on this beer is a gizmo and a toolbox number 36. Now, if you're not familiar with our Geek SRM, you will have to go and check out our social medias. Um, probably on Instagram, we had posted a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, our Geek SRM chart. It goes from like 
number one being like the most pale yellow color you can find all the way down to like 60, which is like super dark, you know, black stouts, black IPAs, porters, whatever, like stuff that you just cannot absolutely see through. Like there's no brown or red tint to it. It's just like straight black. Um, the guys actually had this beer and I was not present on that podcast. So I will read some of their rankings. Saf said old can need to try it again. Gave it a 3.75. Keith gave it a four. Dustin, the Duke gave it a three and a half. Our good podcast friend, Chris Leland Mr. Gone V6 said, got to try this one too. And wow, it's awesome. Multi resiny. So good. Highly enjoyed it. He gave it a 4.75. That was a couple years ago. Must've been a really fresh bottle. Um, Christian D gave this a four dubs box, rich bready malt pine resin hops. Gave it a four. And that's all I got as far as friends. So I don't really taste any like datedness on this. I do think it's still pretty fresh in my opinion. Um, I do like the bready uh, resiny multi notes to it. Um, it's smooth. It's pretty easy to drink. There's that citrusy characteristic on the back end, um, which is pretty neat. Um, I like that. It's kind of, you know, like a nice, like sweet farewell after you're done drinking the beer. Doesn't leave any kind of crazy aftertaste. Yeah, I know like some of these like big multi beers and, you know, some of the hoppy beers can leave an aftertaste that um, kind of sticks around and lingers. Um, this is not that case at all. So I would definitely be on the four side on this, like a solid four. And I've, you know, I've been looking at some pairings online to do with this beer. Cause I'm still fairly new with pairings. I would say any kind of meat, maybe like a fatty or greasy type of meat would be good with this. Um, some mashed potatoes, some sliced potatoes, maybe cheesy potatoes. Uh, baked potato, you know, something like that would be really good with this. Um, a cheeseburger would be great. Some cheeseburger and fries would go really well with this, I think. You know, maybe even some kind of like pasta, you know, like a whole grain spaghetti with maybe like a, a red meat sauce or a um, Alfredo. You know, I could do, I could see that. Um, even maybe some like lunch meat. Or, you know, like you go out to the store and you buy the cheese and crackers and like little slices of like salami or um, like sausage, you know, that, that would work pretty well with this too, I think. All right. Well, that's all I got on the uh, Pales Pairings. I hope you enjoyed the show overall. Um, I hope you guys come back for our episode two recap. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a really exciting ride. Um, I just cannot wait for the conclusion of season eight. Um, you know, we've been waiting so long for this to come back 
and yeah, I'm really excited. So I hope you guys are excited too. You know, thanks again for paying, you know, I'm going to put this up on the $1 uh, tier and yeah, we really appreciate it. And until next time, drink up and geek out. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network.